Would you call yourself a socialist? Uh, no. You've never told a lie in politics? No. No. See, somebody sent me a video actually last Friday and it had you talking at the Socialist Community oh, yes, yes. And you mentioned the word comrade uh, about four times in a minute. What was that about? It was a rally and I would have been about 25 years old. Comrade, 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 comrade. Comrade, 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 comrade. It was in 2009. Oh, well, I can't remember which country it was in. Has changed since those days? No, not particularly. No. If you are caught in a lie or caught intentionally misleading the New Zealand public, how would you expect to be held to account? Well, I actually believe that it is possible to exist in politics Sustained propaganda. If you didn't have farmers and growers and miners, you've actually got nothing. Everything either comes from a farmer, a grower, or a miner. Welcome along, everybody. Um, my name's Grant Edwards, and you're listening to Liberty NZ. Well, with me this evening is Bryce McKenzie. Bryce is a um, representative from Groundswell New Zealand. It's an agricultural group, and um, I've got Bryce with me now, not in the studio, but down in um, just north of Gore. Is that right? In Otago. That's Hi. right. I'm in West Otago. Hi, Bri- Hi, Bryce. Welcome along. West, West Otago. And you're a farmer, right. I take it? Yeah. Yes, I am. Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm probably winding down farmer. My sons uh, do the farming basically now. I just, I've gone back to being the boy and sort of helping them out when they need it. Well, I had a, a picture of you when I, I spoke to you on the phone earlier and you sounded like a young man to me. I didn't think you'd be getting near retirement. <laughs> I pretend I'm not too actually, Grant. And so tell us about your farming um, background. Um, when, how did you get involved in farming? Oh, I got in farming, involved in farming. My, my father farmed and uh, my brother and I uh, took over the farm from our father mm-hmm. and then we branched out from there. So I was a sheep and bee farmer up until about, um, oh, about, 15, 16 years ago when I converted to dairy because my sons were growing up and uh, I had to think of how I could get them farming and at that stage going dairying was the only way. So how far from Winton uh, would your farm be? Uh, uh, Actually from from Winton we're probably something like about 65, 70k away from Winton. Right, yep. You're near retirement, so you obviously want to put something back into it. Why, why did you form the Groundswell New Zealand group? And was it, was it you who started it, or was it someone else within the group? And- no, it was actually me that started it. I, Very good. Um, about 12 months ago, I, I guess the lead-in to it all is that I'm a, I formed uh, with another five other people, we formed the Pomahaka Water Care Group. What we did with that, we took it was one of the dirtiest rivers, being one of the dirtiest rivers in Otago by the Targa Regional Council. And uh, so we decided we'd do something about it. So there was five of us met it up in the pub. And uh, from there, we formed the Pomahaka Water Care Group. We've turned that river around. It's uh, um, now we basically pass all tests. Uh, practically all the time there are aberrations to that but then mm. the general trend is definitely getting better all the time so what happened was that uh, when the government put out this national policy statement on fresh water i took one look at it and sort of threw my hands up and higher and thought this can't possibly work because mm. um, i mean these, these they were going to bring those regulations in pretty quickly and i'd saw so, uh, 
I could see that there was no way farmers were ever going to be able to get there because we'd done a lot of work and we knew what it took to get uh, water improving and there was no way this was going to happen within 12 months. So right. Right. I was wa- walking around really annoyed about this and my wife said, well, do something about it. And uh, so anyway, my wife said, well, do a Facebook post. So right. I did. I, I, wrote, I wrote a post that wasn't very long and mm-hmm. I, I shared it and one of the first persons who rang me within about two minutes was an influencer. So anyway, yeah, she got a hold of it. She shared it. Well, it just it went ballistic, and within a day, it had over six and a half thousand shares. And uh, from there, I had put in the post that um, I thought that uh, we couldn't live under these regulations, and that we needed to set up a tractor protest, drive to Wellington to show that. Uh, Distaste for the government. Mm, drive up Parliament uh, what steps. What they were doing? <laughs> <Could you laughs> now, who was that? <laughs> that was a Dern. Was it? I oh, know there was, was someone a, else before yes, a Dern, was. wasn't it? Did that? Oh, there might have been. No, yeah, she I'm just copied somebody. That happened, that happened back in the eighties. <laughs> someone did that. Now, who was it? Now, I can't remember. Um, no, oh. no, no. There was a guy a Dern did it. I'm serious. There was a, his name was a Dern, and I forget his first name. But a man called a Dern. If you research it, you'll find it. And that's oh, okay. what happened. Right. So quite ironic, really. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. There was one guy that messaged me and he said i'm with you bryce let's do this and and that was laurie patterson right okay laurie uh, yeah i saw his yeah laurie patterson between him and i met up in our local town and we had a coffee and we discussed what we would do and we decided that we're just because we couldn't get anybody else throughout new zealand to do it we just decided well we'd we'd do one in gore take the ball by the horns Exactly. So he put on his Facebook page and I put on mine that we were going to go for a protest and anybody wanted to come with us was welcome to join up. So away we went to Gore and we got there, there was over 100 tractors either following us or coming in at the same time. We actually couldn't believe how we had hit a nerve with everybody. There's some pretty upset so, farmers, isn't there? So when did you do that? What date was that that you did that first um, protest? That was in, I think, August last year. Okay, right. Right about the time I'm of the lockdowns sure and things. Yeah, we'll just say. Yeah, oh, no, it might have been after August, actually. I think yeah. it, wanted, no, it wasn't because I wrote the post in August, so I think it was in November. Okay. Uh, was yeah. any, so, but anyway, uh, all these tractors arrived in at Gore, so we did the protest down the main street and back up the other side and had a few speeches and everybody went, well, they sort of went home. Mm. <laughs> and then um, the next day, of course, there was the hui and... Um, Invercargill, so some of us went on down to that uh, tractor hui in Invercargill. But right. anyway, about the a week later, Murray and I... Yeah, was, yeah. Was, they, the Maoris bring their tractors. <laughs> no, they didn't, but I guess that was uh, what they called it then. Oh, and okay. That was run by run by Federated Farmers. Right. So, so what's a hui uh, again? Just a meeting? Yeah, it was just a meeting. That's just a right. meeting, they yeah. They all drove right. tractors. All these Maori turns thrown around, I, I can't keep up. No, well, I, I'm likewise. I can't mm. either. But anyway, so that was good. We um, we went to that. But then uh, we just thought, Laurie and I decided we'd get a few of those people that were on the tractor protest together and just have a bit of a discussion. So, uh, so we did. We had a meeting and we decided that, you know, we should probably do something. We weren't sure what, but we couldn't just sit back and let things carry on, although 
I was quite happy to go home and carry on farming. And Laurie decided that we had created an expectation, so we better keep going. So, oh, that's right. Hmm. Yeah. So then, um, of course, uh, we had another meeting and we started talking about what we were going to do and uh, how we had decided that there was no united voice for farming for a start, that we found mm. out that uh, some of our industry bodies were pulling in different directions and, uh, um, yeah, and all they wanted to do was keep us quiet. So That's we decided that... We'll come back to that. Yeah, well... Okay, mm. so we we just decided that well we were going to actually carry on. So we discussed it and um, we came up with the name Groundswell. So we called it Groundswell NZ because Very we good. thought well we we're going to cause a groundswell at some stage. Try mm. and create a so, few waves. Mm. Mm. So what we what we decided to do basically was. Um, you know, we didn't want to bag any other groups, but and so we didn't, and especially publicly, but we did want to be able to push what good things were happening. So mm. the likes of Jeff Young, who was our president of Federated Farmers, he stood up and said that we should not do anything about, reg- we should not be regulated, that we should not refuse to fill the papers in. So right. we thought, so we got in behind him. And so anybody that spoke up for farmers, we got in behind, but before mm. we knew it, people were getting in behind us and and of course it just kept building momentum and momentum as we went along the other other industries that so there's groups mm. that that you belong to did you feel that they weren't really going into bat for you oh that, that that comes through loud and clear especially you know we've got farmers pay about a hundred and I think it's about 112 million a year in levies and subs to um, our representatives to to uh, put our opinions forward or mm. our thoughts forward. Problem is we never get asked what they are. Mm. So it's pretty difficult for farmers to have a say if nobody asks what they're thinking. Mm. So we we sort of took that on a bit head on really and decided that and we had a few stouches uh, in public with some of the leaders of these groups. I thought, saying, I thought you were going to say we had a few stouches in the pub when you said pub. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we didn't. But, but you know, we questioned why yeah. they weren't doing what farmers wanted. And I, I, I can honestly assure you, we didn't know we were getting into this when we set up. It would become very plain very quickly if we were listening to what the grassroots farmers were saying. This is yeah. exactly what they were saying. Right. they weren't being listened to or asked what they thought. Mm. So, that, so, so you're the we, voice for them? Well, yes. And the first thing we did was we got the industry leaders together. So that's the chairman of uh, Beef and Lamb New Zealand, the chairman of Dairy NZ, and the chairman of Federated Farmers. And we got them in one room. Mm. And we told them what we had found out, that farmers were desperately unhappy with them, thought they were letting it letting farmers down, that their mm. negotiations with government were were weak and um, not well thought out and that they were getting divided up because they went in with different ideas and therefore the government just picked them off. And since then, they probably have hardened up a little bit. In fact, now they're coming out and saying some of the things that we said earlier on, they now agree with. Well, oh, they, they didn't for a long time, but yeah. they, now they're starting to say they do. They're realising what side the bread's buttered on. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. 
So <laughs> there, could be, there could be a bit of that, Grant. Because you I'm guys pay there, for yeah. them. You know, I mean, farmers <laughs> keep these guys at a job. So you really want them to be, um, like I said before, going into bat for you, don't you? You want them, uh, you know, ha- having your back uh, when yeah, exactly coming up with all this. So why do you think government, why do you think this government is, is has, um, you know, we've just got through this COVID thing uh, fairly well, reasonably well, some would say, and now they've, and they're, they're throwing all these other things at us. You know, like electric cars and and uh, you know, is it SNAs? Um, specific. What, what yeah, do you call significant, it? yeah, significant natural areas. Yeah, all these things, yeah. all and at the same time, you think they'd say, "Look, the New Zealand public." You think they'd talk in caucus and say, "The New Zealand public, they've had enough. They just need to get back on their feet. We're not going to do any more changes." But why are they pushing through all these, you know, crazy? What seemed like crazy changes and really different? You know, like they they sort of like. You know, they're quite scary. Some of them, some of the the changes. You know, like how well, would think, you get I on? I think that's it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. And I mean, we as farmers don't understand, and and the mental health issues that are coming with some of this is putting uh, families and people don't identify. They just think we're farmers or, or growers, but mm. I mean, we're family people. We've all got families and. Uh, we go through the same anxieties and, and problems everybody else does. So, you know, Absolutely. we're not immune when, pe- when people say that, you know, we're, we're just, um, uh, what would you say, people that don't care about the land or something like that. We're only yeah, interested in the money. I mean, that's I mean, a nonsense. That's, not, that's a nonsense, isn't it? Yeah, it's so untrue. Even yeah. fishermen, fishermen. Um, yeah. I know some fishermen, and they are conservationists because they know that their yeah. industry will be ruined if it's fished out. And yeah, yeah, it's, well, it's same, yes. same with you guys. Yeah, well, mm. I've, yeah, well, I've set up wetlands here. I mean, I've got big wetlands that I set up many, many years ago, mm. and for actually just for the very thing that we're talking about, because mm. I was under, I'm a very, very keen fly fisherman. I have been my whole life, so I, I love beautiful clear water, and I love to see fish in it. And I'm the my sons are on this farm now, and that's third generation. And mm. if we were pillaging it, I mean we would be not able to farm it now, but it's not the case. You're listening to Liberty NZ. My name is Grant Edwards, and my guest is Bryce McKenzie from groundswellnz.co.nz. So so why do you think the the government's doing this? What's their motive, do you think? Is it just, uh, she's just trying to make a, a, uh, is it it just her, or do you think it's the whole government doing this? All these changes. Oh, it's got to be, uh, perhaps not the whole government, but certainly the ones in position of power. Mm. Um, I, I mean, when I first did my first uh, post that went viral, I, I, I said that we were heading for communism at a fast rate. Mm. Um, maybe a wee bit strong, but it certainly grabbed a lot of attention. Got some attention, but yeah. Def- a lot of people would agree yeah. with it, probably. Yes, mm. they probably would. And I mean, there mm. are signs of that there, but. It's very, very strong that all these um, policies are uh, trying to uh, distri- redistribute wealth, I suppose you would say, mm. which really is just a nice way of saying we're going to take everything off you and make you all equal. Yeah, I mean, even the so, landlords, you know, they've got to know. What was the last thing they did? That's right. They couldn't claim back any of their expenses on their rental properties. Is that, is that what it was? Yeah. That, well, no, yeah, the, no right. the interest. Yeah. They couldn't claim back the interest no, on their loans. And, yeah, um, yes. Yeah, so then everyone's thinking, oh, we better buy some some rural property then. So, you know, why do we need farms when we've got supermarkets full of food? 
<laughs> Very good question, Grant. <laughs> because if you haven't got farms, you really need farmers with all the food. supermarkets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it's sad that people think, could even think that, isn't it? You uh, think you that know, I mean, people might think that. Oh, I'm sure that some do. I, what I are they really teaching am. them? Yeah. What are they teaching yeah. them at school? Yeah, yeah that's but, right. If you didn't have farmers and growers and miners, you've actually got nothing. Everything either comes from a farmer, a grower, or a miner. Failing that, there's nothing actually left. Why are they having? Why is there all these regulations? Like, what what possesses them to do that? Why don't they just right now? We've got um, we've got uh, our um, people coming on holiday here. What do you call that tourism? <laughs> I couldn't think of it. Tourism's almost decimated, isn't it? You know, people coming from overseas, so everyone's sort of travelling around locally. But you know, they've taken yes. hammering. Um, so, so, but New Zealand farming is probably number one, isn't it? Oh, for sure. Export. But, you know, you bring up an interesting topic here because, you know, the, the, the tourism is shot, but you try and find people that you can employ, you cannot get them. Mm. I mean, it's impossible. Dairy farming is so short of labour. Mm. Um and, you know, I was talking to a person recently who said that apparently Scenic Circle Hotel has got uh, advertising for 70 chefs throughout New Zealand and can't get them. Um, I was at a panel beater place. They're looking for either three or four people, can't get them. I mean, there's just labour shortages everywhere. So what on earth is going on that we've got no tourism, so there's nobody tied up in that the same? Where's everybody gone? Why, why isn't the people queuing up for jobs? So they're not having babies anymore in this country. <laughs> not having <laughs> no, kids. I don't think that. What, well, are, they, what are they all doing? Going to university and learning how to be woke and feminist or something? At uni. Well, that's probably a bit in that. Yes. Mm. Yeah, you're probably right. Mm. So, oh dear, oh dear. So, okay. So, what do you see? So, do you think you've you've got the big protest coming up on the 16th of July? Um, how yes. many towns are is it, almost every town involved in that? There's. I think as of tonight, there's still another one or two pending, but I think we've got 51, I think it is now, yeah. towns and cities. Okay. And is it going to be just farmers or is it farmers? And what about oh, um, no. other people with utes and things, you know, electrical people and, uh, you know, builders and stuff like that and support? Are they, yes, yeah, are they yeah, in on it too? It, oh, yeah, the tradesmen are definitely in it. Some tradesmen are actually uh, organising particular uh, towns and cities. So right. They've really bought into it. Uh, right, because you see, if you look at farmers and growers and tradespeople, mm. if they go on strike, nobody knows because it only affects them and their business. That's mm. probably why they never strike. But I mean, have you ever heard of any of them striking? I've never heard of it. So mm. I mean, that's so it's unique because we the only thing we can do, and we've probably never really joined and done it before, is protest because otherwise nobody knows we're hurting. Mm. Do you think I just heard your nice little Southland twang then coming through? Your nice little rolling the R's, the Scottish <laughs> Southland. Hey, do you think you think it's um, do people listen? Do you know, like, do you think what does it really pay off, or does it just make you feel better? You're doing something, you know. What's what there's can you the, achieve? Definitely that. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely that. that, that the, the there's nothing worse than feeling useless. Yeah. So yeah. if you're doing something, you're relieving that part of it anyway. You're actually standing up and saying, well, you know, I, I, I'm not happy. I want to actually do something about it. So you're halfway there. 
Right. Will it achieve anything? It will certainly unite a lot of urban and rural people. That's yes. going to happen. It will. And It'll it's already happening. Exactly. Yep. And it's already happening. And, you know, the messages we're getting from people in central cities saying, thank goodness somebody's finally stood up and said something mm. is amazing. Like We wouldn't have believed what a support we would get outside the rural area, but it's oh, well, that's phenomenal. Good. Because yeah, a lot of people, you know, they're a bit frightened to say anything. Uh, I spoke to a lady who works for a, a high school, quite high up in the high school, and she said she's a bit frightened to say anything other than the mainstream. You know, she's a bit she's a bit uh, hesitant about getting the vaccine, for example. You know, she's very hesitant about mm-hmm. that, and um, mm-hmm. and she can't say anything, and she's otherwise she'll she's frightened she'll lose a job. So we don't really live in a free country anymore, do we? And and. Oh, no, no, we don't. I mean, the problem being that the governments pay so much money to so many different tentacles of society mm. that people won't speak out in case they get their funding cut. So, well, you know, very interesting it, you say that. Yeah. So, I mean, it, the number of times we've come across this already is, you know, oh, will you support us? Oh, well, no, I can't be seen to be supporting you because. I might lose this funding or yeah. I might get this taken off me or whatever. I mean, we can't believe how much it's through our society now. So, so with, it's no wonder you're getting reporting like we're getting in our newspapers because, I yeah. mean, they've been paid by the government also. That's right, millions of dollars, isn't it? Mm. Millions of dollars. And I don't know why they needed to, why, why um, uh, the media needed to be paid because they can all work from home. They've all got technology. Mm. It's all digital. So they don't even need to go into the yeah. studios. A lot of them don't, don't. They have their own studios in the house. So why do they need to be paid to report the news? Yes, right. I, I guess we've got to be careful too because there are some good forms of media and there are some people that are honest and reporting the facts. But there's a lot that aren't. How many, like out of all the farmers, do you think, sort of percentage-wise, how many people do you think are on board with, what, with Groundswell? Farm owners. Oh, very, very difficult to say. Mm. You know, I'll just be having a real guess at it. Um, maybe can we, can we could twenty five percent of farmers may know about right. us? I don't yeah. know. Well, it's not yeah. too bad. Um, quite mm. often, you'll have a third of them sort of uninterested. Uh, you know, in, any, in anything really, anything that's sort of where people have got to make a stand and you know actually go out and do something about it. And you get a you get a third that will like you that'll that'll take the ball by the horns and do something. And then there's another third that will just sit and see how things pan out. So I guess it's that third that are on the fence. They're the ones that you're trying to reach because the other ones probably just will never do anything. But um, yep. you would think that all farmers would 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 be interested in um, you know at least attending. And um, being a part of something and just making it, you know, so that ha- having a, a show of um, support for, for Groundswell and for other farmers, you think that they would all sort of, I suppose, some of them are, uh, you know, working on their own, perhaps. I don't know. But, um, yes. It, yeah. it, the, the, once again, you get back to the, so many different factions. You've got your dairy, your, your beef and lamb, um, and you know, uh, other organisations within the farming organisation. And, mm. and we all know that people cling on to what they've got. So uh, some of them as individuals will definitely be behind us, but wouldn't want to be seen to be behind us because yep. it might yep. jeopardise their position in something else. Right. Yep. That'll be, yeah, that's, that's a shame there, isn't it? Um, and mm. now what about you actually driving tractors? What sort of, like, yep. is that what it is? The tractors that are going to be out on yep. the road? 
And are they all want, wanted and registered or whatever you have to do oh, with a farm no, vehicle? Yeah, yes. Well, we're in, we're in, that's one of our conditions uh, that we're and I mean, we can't, we can only suggest because people will do what they want to anyway. Mm. But um, yeah, that they're supposed to be all registered. That the, They don't have to be warranted tractors because That's they right. don't yeah. go terribly fast, but they do oh. have to be registered. Registered. So you, so you need to leave early, wouldn't you, when you're doing 40 kilometres per hour down the road? 40 or 50? Oh, yes. Yeah, we've, we've got a video going up tomorrow that we did today to just actually it's more to tell the general public in New Zealand that if they've got anything on on Friday the 16th to allow at least two and a half times longer than normal to get to where they're going. Fair enough. At least two and a half times. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, well, that's um, that's good. So well, all the best for that, Bryce, um, 16th. And um, so at the meet, you're meeting in the, the town, whereabouts in each town, or city, whereabouts is the meeting once the, all the tractors will drive where? And and, uh, and, and things. That every every town and city will be unique to their place because uh, we can't say you're all going to go to a council offices or anything like that. And anyway, the council officers aren't necessarily who we're standing against because they're just caught in the same position as us. Oh, I there. lost you there for a second. Yeah, so councils, uh, yeah, they're sort of the meat, meat between in the sandwich, aren't they? Yes, they're, they're similar to us. They're just following the same regulations and everything. And, of course, they get offside with the public because they're supposed to administer them. And mm. I feel quite sorry for them, actually, because they didn't buy into this either. So the councils, um, they get their orders from the central government. Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's what I'm saying, yeah. Right, right. Okay. Has that always been the case? Or I thought they were more autonomous when it came to local... They were supposed to be. Right, but that's okay. definitely that's definitely changed because a lot of this uh, SNA mapping, for instance, is to mm. be carried out by the regional councils or the district councils. Uh, I mean, that's just the government's passed it on so that they don't have to take the flak for it, really. So with the SNA, you get people turning up, what a surveyor or something just turns up at the property and just um, do you have to do you have to let them over your property or no? Uh, we we issued a don't let people on your property notice. Right, you can do but, that legally. You, yes, you can. To, to a point, I mean, we're just saying, well, if they force the issue, call your neighbours and get them over so that there's witnesses because, uh, oh, right. um, you know, we, I mean, yeah, as long as you're not doing anything illegally, you you can take a, make a stand without a doubt. And, oh, I mean, who who is whose property is it in the finish? Yeah, we think it was yours. You've had the mortgage on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it for generations. Well, mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. And do you think um so is ground so groundswell, is it just about the co- the regulations and you know the cost of staying in business on the farm, or is it about the government's land grab as well? Is that part of groundswell? Yeah, that's part of groundswell. It's uh, yeah, we, yeah, it's all there. It's unworkable regulations and that's all tied in with the SNAs and everything. They're all a regulation that are not workable. They're, they're not being transparent and letting us know exactly what's entailed in them. Right. Do you feel confident, Bryce, that, that you'll be able to uh, change the government's mind? Um, put it this way, we have other things in planning in motion um, if this doesn't work. Right. So uh, with the courts or, or can you elaborate uh, on uh, that at this stage? Much as, I'd, much as I'd love to give you more 
clear yeah. ground I'm not going to. No, fair enough. Yeah, okay. All right, so um, that was Bryce McKenzie. Bryce is the um, one of the uh, main people involved with the howl of a protest coming up on the 16th of, the, of July, and the organisation is Groundswell New Zealand. Now, you're there on Facebook. So have a look for them. Um, you've you've been followed. Um, how long have you been going? Because you've got you've got almost eleven thousand followers already. Yeah, no, we've only been going really about nine months. Uh, we'd yeah. actually like to direct people to uh, our uh, website, which is www.groundswellnz.co.nz. Groundswellnz. Co. Nz. Direct them there, and not the Facebook. Yeah. Because Facebook have a habit of. Um, of uh, restricting you sometimes. Yes, and with, with our website, there's a lot of information there. We've got a map of New Zealand with every town that's involved, and it's got these wee red dots. You push on the red dot, and it gives you the information, who the coordinator is, what time the protest's happening there, uh, and meeting places. So uh, it's a very, very good, uh, useful tool, and that's on our website. Right, so it's Some people leave the NZ off and they right. go into all sorts of other pages. So it's groundswellnz.co.nz. Okay. Thank you very much, Bryce. That's Bryce McKenzie from Groundswell NZ. That's, uh, the website is groundswellnz.co.nz. Yes, so during that conversation I was talking, I was trying to think, I couldn't remember the name of the of the person, the first person that I remember that drove his tractor up Parliament steps. It was Bob Tizard, the former Labour MP Bob Tizard. He drove his tractor up the steps, or a tractor, up the steps of Parliament in 1987 to draw attention to alternative fuels. And uh, so some of you older folk may remember Bob Tizard. He was the health minister under Norman Kirk, and he became finance minister and deputy prime minister when Bill Rowling became leader following uh, Kirk's death in 1974. Tizard was also the defence minister during the David Longy uh, uh, time uh, as prime minister and was made a companion of the New Zealand Order of Merit in 2000 for his commitment to public service. So Bob Tizard was actually the first person and uh, I actually met a public uh, relations um, a PR consultant I won't say her name, but she was the one that actually put him up to it. She said, that's a good idea, Bob. Why don't you drive, your tra- drive a tractor up the steps of Parliament to draw attention to yourself? So nothing is original these days. Nothing new under the sun.